0: Be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Suppose coming to church this morning, raining and some ice, you say what a gloomy, dismal day we have for this Sunday. Yet I hope that all of us are glad that we are here in God's house this morning. Getting ready for Christmas, as you know, this is what we are doing in this Advent season, this period of four Sundays before Christmas. And this is the way we are trying to prepare ourselves for Christmas, for the birthday of Jesus. We are looking at this babe and we're asking the question, what child is this? Who is this child whose birthday we are about to celebrate? Because you and I want to celebrate that birthday the way God would want us to do it. And you recall that last Sunday on the first Sunday in Advent, We asked Zacharias, who was the father of John the Baptist, who is this child, Zacharias? And you recall the answer that he gave, that this child is no less than the day spring from on high. He's the dawn from heaven. He is that light from heaven, Zacharias assured us last Sunday, who came into the world to bring us the light of eternal life and to rescue us from the darkness of eternal death. And we took time last Sunday to see what a wonderful blessing this was that the day spring from on high brought. And today we are going to look again at this babe and ask the question, what child is this? And strangely enough, we're going to ask Jesus to answer the question. We are going to say, Jesus, what child is this? Who is this child? And for our answer, we are going to take something that Jesus said in about the closing days of his earthly ministry, He had finished his Perean ministry, which lasted about four months, and he was on the way down to Jerusalem for the last time. And then when he was on again, the road that separated Galilee from Samaria, we are told that some Pharisees, very hostile, came to him, and they said, You say that you've got a kingdom. Where is your kingdom? Let's see it. Where is it? And because of their hostility as Jesus walked along, he told the disciples, he said, the day is going to come when you are going to long to see one day of the Son of Man. And he said that you won't see it. And so he called himself the Son of Man. And then he talked to the disciples that day about his return, that he was going to come back in order to punish the wicked. And today, on this second Sunday in Advent, as we get ready for Christmas, and we say, what child is this? Jesus says, you want to know what child this is? And Jesus' answer is this, that child is no less than the Son of Man, who most certainly is going to return to punish the wicked, the evil, the ungodly. That's who this child is. He is no less than the Son of Man, Jesus testifies about himself. He is most assuredly going to come back and he is going to punish the wicked, the ungodly. He is going to come to even the score with those who think they can live and do as they please and get away with it. He is going to come back and return, this Son of Man. He is going to balance the books with regard to those who think that they can treat others just any way at all, bring suffering and agony unto them and get away with it, who think that they can reject him as Lord and get away with it. Jesus says that's who this babe is. He is no less than the Son of Man who is going to return. He's coming back for punishment of those who play him for a fool. You and I may say that's... Good news to know that he's coming back and he's going to punish those who play him for a fool. But we may say to ourselves, but even with that, uh, can we be sure that he's coming back, that he is the Son of Man, that this babe is coming back to this earth, that he is going to even the score with the wicked in this world who don't care how they live, who don't care how much suffering they bring on others, who don't care how they treat him and how they reject him, Can you and I be sure that that is who this babe is, no less than the son of man who most assuredly is coming back? to punish the wicked in this world. And we may say to ourselves, I'd like to believe that. I'd like to believe that there is going to be a day of reckoning, that this child is coming back, and he's coming back in order to punish those who play him for a fool. But we say, where is there any evidence that he's coming back? Why didn't he leave us some kind of evidence to assure us that he, the Son of Man, this babe, is coming back, he's going to return, and he is going to punish those who are playing him for a fool? And may we realize today that as Jesus spoke to the disciples that day as he was on that road between Samaria and Galilee, he gave them all the evidence that is needed to assure you and me that this babe, the Son of Man, he is coming back and he is going to right the wrongs of this world and he is going to reckon with those who play him for a fool. We have all the evidence that we need. And here is the first evidence that Jesus gives us that this child is no less than the Son of Man, that he's coming back, and he's coming back to bring punishment to those who are playing him for a fool and who, again, think that they are getting away with it. This first evidence Christ mentioned that day, as he mentioned to you and me this morning, that he said the Son of Man, first of all, must suffer many things he said this is the first thing he must suffer many things he prophesied about himself and about this babe the son of man must first of all before he returns he must suffer many things that was prophecy did that come true did he bat a thousand on that one here he was going to jerusalem for the last time And he is telling the disciples that first before I return, he says, the Son of Man must suffer many things. He loved that title, the Son of Man. He calls himself that more than by any other title. It is found over 80 times in the Word of God. It's found in the Old Testament. And we may say, what was there about that name that he particularly loved, the Son of Man? The Son of Man, it means this, that he was a man. He was a human being, to be sure. He was born of the Virgin Mary, had a human body and a human soul, but also of the Son, so he was a human being and more than a human being. As the Son of Man, he was man and more. He was no less also. He was God. This was the title that Jesus loved, the Son of Man. He told them, he said, I assure you that first of all, before I come back, I must suffer many things. You know, the last thing in the world that the disciples ever expected that would happen to Jesus was that he would suffer and die on the cross. Why, he was the Messiah. And the disciples had the same ideas about Messiah as, again, the Pharisees who stopped him that day and said, You say you've got a kingdom? Where is it? We want to see it. And Jesus tried to show them that he was the Messiah, but that his kingdom was not going to be an earthly kingdom. It was not going to be a political kingdom. Jesus said, I've got a kingdom, but it's not the kind that you can see with your eyes. You don't say, lo, there it is, or lo, here it is. He says, the kingdom of God is within you. The disciples had the same erroneous idea that when Messiah would come, it would be an earthly kingdom. It would be a political kingdom. Why, the disciples started out really as politicians, and they ended up as, again, as ministers. They didn't, really, And the last thing that they thought that would ever happen would be that Jesus would suffer and die. But he announced it in advance. He said, "Before I come back, I'm going to suffer and die." This was prophecy. Did he suffer and die?" And you and I say he certainly did, even though that was the thing that they least expected. Why one day, when he announced it, you know, Peter said, "This shall never happen to you. This shall never happen, that you shall suffer in the Messiah." to suffer and die, yet Messiah, the Son of Man, did. He went to Calvary's cross, and you and I thank God that he did, because it was on the cross where he, as Messiah, fulfilled his mission. There he bore the guilt and the punishment of the world. And there, because of that suffering and death, there was life and salvation produced for all men. And he had also prophesied that he would arise again. And so on this second Sunday in Advent, when we say, What child is this? And Jesus says he is no less than the Son of Man who's coming back. He is going to come back and he is going to even up the score with the wicked. He is going to punish those who think they can live as they please and get away with it, or they can treat others as they please and get away with it, and they can reject him as they please and get away with it. Jesus says this Son of Man is coming back. And you and I say, where's the evidence? Did he suffer as he predicted that he would? Did he arise from the dead? He batted a thousand on that. And therefore today as we get ready for Christmas we can say he is no less than than the Son of Man. He is coming back because as the Son of Man deity, what in the world could ever keep him or hold him back? He is no less than man. he is God at the same time in the very name that this babe of Bethlehem gave himself later in life he is coming back and therefore when we're getting ready for Christmas as we are in this Advent season we ought to say to ourselves, I believe that this child is no less than the son of man who is going to return he is coming back and he's going to even the score he is going to even the score with those who play him for a fool who think again that they can treat him any way they want to treat him and they can treat his children any way that they want to treat them and they can live as they please and get away with it, Jesus says he's coming back just as surely as when he foretold his suffering and death and resurrection, that, that came true. That's the evidence. And therefore we ought to stop in the Advent season and we ought to say to ourselves as we probe, if he is the Son of Man coming back, And coming back to punish the wicked, is he coming back to punish you or to punish me? We ought to stop, ought we not, for a moment and say, oh, anything but that, that he's coming back to bring punishment to you and me. And to say to ourselves, if we look at our lives, are you and I playing him for a fool? Are we playing him thinking that we can live as we please and get away with it? Is it, again, no matter to us how we treat individuals, what suffering and what torture we may inflict on our fellow man, or how we reject him, can we say we're going to get by with murder? Is this the way we are living? And if so, we ought to stop this morning. and We ought to say because he is most assuredly the son of man who's coming back to punish wickedness. We ought to stop and say, I'm sorry if you and I must say to ourselves that we're playing him for a fool and admit our guilt and ask him for forgiveness and then again to be reinstated as one of his children in this kingdom of God that exists within the human heart. Then we're ready for Christmas because then Christmas means this. It means the birthday of that one who meets all of our hopes and who meets all of our fears. When you and I have him living in our hearts and we're ready for Christmas, then all of our hopes are met in him, that we have forgiveness, that we are delivered from eternal death, that we have eternal life, and all of our fears are gone. We know this, that when the Son of Man is coming back again, this babe, that he is not coming back to even the score in your life and mine. For when he lives in your heart and mind by faith, and when he is our personal Christ and Lord through the repentance of our sins and through our asking him to live in our hearts, then again there is nothing to fear. And then we're really ready for Christmas, aren't we? We're getting ready for Christmas for the birthday of Jesus. And we say, what child is this? And we say this morning to Jesus, who is this child? And the answer of Christ himself is this, don't you know who this child is? This child is no less than the Son of Man who's coming back. He's coming back to punish the wicked. He's coming back to punish the ungodly. He is coming back to even the score. He's going to balance the books with those who are playing him for a fool, those who feel that they can live and do as they please and get away with it, that they can get away with murder, that they can treat others the way they want to treat others and still get away with it, and they can treat him and reject him. You and I say, oh, if I just had some evidence, but that's true, that that babe of Bethlehem, that this child is no less than the son of man, that he's coming back. Where is there any evidence to assure us? We have all the evidence we need. In the second place, Christ gave this evidence that day. He gave this evidence that, again, that this babe of Bethlehem is no less than the son of man who's coming back. Christ foretold that before his return, the son of man would be rejected by his generation. And... Strange, just of all strange things that have ever happened in this world, that came true. I ask you, would you have ever even dreamed that when Messiah would come, the Son of Man, God and man would come into this world, would you have ever dreamed by the strangest imagination that you may have that his own people would have rejected him? Yet he foretold that. He said, but first I must suffer many things and then I must be rejected by this generation. Perhaps the greatest phenomenon, the most unexplainable tragedy that ever occurred in this world was the fact that when the Son of Man came, his own people rejected him. No one would ever have dreamed of it. God came into the world. Let's go back to the time of Abraham. God chose Abraham to be the father of a nation. For 2,000 years, God nourished that nation. And Abraham was the father of this chosen people. God kept them alive through, again, over 400 years in Egypt. And he gave them the land of Palestine. He gave them prophets that kept on telling about Messiah who would come. That he would be the suffering Messiah, as Isaiah had said. That he would be born of a virgin. That his kingdom would be a spiritual kingdom. That he would be appointed by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel to the poor. God in the Old Testament had spoken plainly of the kind of a Messiah and the kind of a kingdom that he would have. God kept this nation alive for 2,000 years years from the time of Abraham and then God's son the son of man came into the world as God had prophesied keeping a nation alive
1: and the tragedy of
0: tragedies the word of God says and he came unto his own and his own received him not that was probably he's batting a thousand isn't he would you have ever dreamed that God in planning a tremendous way of salvation, in raising up a people, in giving them a land, in blessing them, in giving them a hope that no other nation has ever had, that that nation would turn and reject him. Christ foretold this. And I realize that many turn and they say there must have been something wrong with the Son of Man, that he couldn't even convince his own people that they rejected him. But the phenomenon of phenomena is this, that there was nothing lacking in what the Son of Man did. There is nothing lacking in the Word of God that anybody could ever say that they had a basis for rejecting him. And yet even to this day, his own people reject him. Christ said, I told you this is what would happen. My son of man, bats a thousand on that one. And on the basis of that prophecy and that one which came true, I am absolutely certain that this babe of Bethlehem is no less than the son of man who's coming back. And he's coming back to bring punishment. The reason he is is because of this fact that rejection of him is utterly inexcusable. Why would any race of people, why would any human being reject Jesus Christ? You don't find it in any other thing in the world. Let me put it this way. I have the greatest blessing as a minister of Jesus Christ to present that was ever brought to this world. Life and salvation in God's Son. Nothing is greater. And there is more sales resistance to what I have to sell than any other thing or any other object than any human being has ever had to sell you say why why a drowning man would reach out for a straw the person dying of cancer why he is certainly just simply he can be duped by any quack that offers him anything people dying of cancer will reach out and take anything But isn't it a phenomenon that when the Son of God stands and says, here is salvation, I bought and paid for it with my blood. I arose from the dead, assuring you that I am the living Christ. I offer it to you and to all men because I bought it for all men. Here it is, free of charge, believe it. And men say, I want to be saved, but I don't want you. You ever hear of such a thing? The depravity of a human heart. The sinfulness of a human heart. Oh, there's nothing wrong with the Son of Man. There was nothing wrong with what he brought. He is coming back, Jesus says, in order to punish those who claim for a fool because it is utterly inexcusable. Look at the church today. How many are ashamed? You know, you wonder, you read so much in the Word of God, and I let me not be ashamed. And Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why is it that the church today, so many are ashamed of the gospel? It's pride, isn't it? It's pride. Oh, I know men say, oh, it's a lot more fun to get up there and preach about tearing down a slum area and putting up a new one. And that's perfectly all right. But what do you get when you're preaching Christ and life and salvation? Pie in the sky! What are you doing? And I've had people say, well, you only work a half a day a week. And I always tell them, well, that's about it. Ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it at all. You know, men want status. And to put their faith in a crucified son of man, it seems to humiliate some individuals. The greatest message that ever hit the world is the message of salvation in Jesus Christ. The greatest sales resistance that any message ever had is that very message. And because Christ said, this is the way it's going to be. Tragedy of tragedies. If he fulfilled that prophecy and that one came through, my Lord's coming back. And therefore today as we're getting ready for Christmas, we ought to say this child is no less than the Son of Man. I know that he will most assuredly come back and I know that he's going to deal with those who him for a fool. Those who think that they can live and do as they please and that again they're going to get away with it. And those that believe that they can heap untold suffering on humanity and they can again come and they can bring harm and torture on human beings. And you and I know this, that this babe is coming back. He said he would, and he's given us enough prophecy fulfilled that he is coming back. That ought to be a comfort as we get ready for Christmas, that no man's getting away with murder. It ought to be a comfort when we're hearing so much in this war about, again, the torturing of soldiers. The thing that's upsetting us is this, and we're withholding our personal judgment, is this torture going on on both sides we are beginning to wonder, aren't we? When again I stood at Buchenwald in Dachau in Germany and realized that a Hitler had put seven million Jews through a gas chamber, you and I cry out and we say, oh God, can a man get away with something like that? And when a Stalin put Christians to death by the millions and when men have been tortured and men have been fed to the lions And when men again have been torn limb from limb, you and I cry and say, Oh, how can God allow it? That's the thing we say. Where is God? But this is the time, isn't it, for choice. Oh, the Son of Man is still in control. He allows some things that you and I can't understand, but he would remind you and me, I'm coming back. Have you forgotten? This babe is the Son of Man. I'm coming back. I don't balance my books every day. Though the mills of God grind slowly, he would remind you and me, they grind exceedingly fine. He said, what are you worried about? I'm coming back. And he talks about those who shall be beaten with few stripes and those that shall be beaten with many stripes. No man's going to get away with a thing. Don't you ever worry. Don't you ever think for a moment. And rest assured, there will be different degrees of punishment in hell. This babe of Bethlehem is the son of man who's coming back. And he's going to right these wrongs. There is going to be a day of vengeance. And there is going to be a day when the books will be balanced and when the score will be evened up. And that's comforting. We may say, my Christian son being tortured, or my Christian son being listed among the missing. And you say, Christmas is coming. How can I look forward to Christmas and enjoy it? Listen, friends, I can assure you of this, that when uh, this Son of Man comes again, uh, those who have inflicted torture, he shall reckon with them and the assurance and the joy of eternal life will more than compensate for the worst that could ever happen in suffering and in torture to you or to me or to our loved ones remember what Paul said one day he said for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time and that's everything he says they're not worth comparing with the glory which shall be revealed they're like a drop in the bucket with all the suffering take them all whatever they are Paul says just a drop in the bucket To the glory that shall be revealed in us. We're ready for Christmas. And you and I can say this. This is no less than the Son of Man. He is coming back. And there's going to be a day of reckoning with those who are playing him for a fool. And therefore again there is comfort. That having life and salvation in him. It will more than compensate for the worst that could ever come to you and me. We're getting ready for Christmas, and we're saying to ourselves, who is this child whose birthday we are about to celebrate? And Jesus himself says, don't you know who I am? Why, this babe is no less than the Son of Man, he says. The Son of Man is coming back, who is going to punish the wicked, the ungodly, or those who are playing him for a fool. And We say, where is there any evidence? And Jesus says, I've given you all the evidence you need. And he mentions in the third place this evidence to assure us uh, that this babe is no less than the Son of Man. He's coming back. And Jesus says this, that the Son of Man, he said about him, he foretold ahead of time before his return that when he would come back, things would be as they were in the days of Noah and as they were in the days of love. We may say, what kind of a prophecy was this? Well, we look back and say, what did he say that day about uh, when the Son of Man shall be revealed? He said, before I come back you're going to find things in the world about like they were in the days of Noah and days of Lot. He doesn't refer to the terrible sins in the days of Noah when again God again saw the sins of the world and God decided to have Noah build an ark and he was going to destroy the human race and he did by flood. And in the days of Lot when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of the wickedness of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, Jesus doesn't mention that. And he goes on to tell the disciples, he said, here's the way it's going to be just before I come back. He said, like it was in the days of Noah and Lot, he says, when they, oh, he says, they ate and they drank and they married and they were given in marriage and they, uh, they bought and they sold and they sold and they built. Anything wrong with those things? Nothing wrong with those things of themselves. Nothing wrong with eating and drinking. Nothing wrong with getting married or being married. Nothing wrong with buying and selling. Nothing wrong with sowing and reaping. And nothing wrong with building. What's the point? He said, going to be like they are. Jesus says this son of man is going to come back because here is a prophecy that he said that when he comes back he's going to find indifference on the part of so many to Jesus Christ. All completely absorbed in the things of this life. Did you ever see this world any more secular than it is today? You say, "Well, after all, I do buy and sell and we do eat and drink and we do marry and get married." Nothing wrong with these things, that. right. But did you ever see a time, and it fits our time, when this completely absorbs us uh, so many? In other words, as regards Christ, this is a secular world. We don't need him, people are saying. Oh, we we are not against him, and we're not for him. Uh, we've outgrown him, don't you understand? When, like when I was in Stockholm, Sweden, when they said to me one day, we have no slum areas here. We have no poverty. We have no want. Try and find it. And I said, but your churches are empty. And the young lad said to me, we don't need God anymore. You see, we've outgrown him. And here is the son of man on the cross who died to bring life and salvation who is saying, believe in me and we're passing him by. We look and we smile and there is that indifference and he's saying, listen, he's saying, spit on me if you will and he said, or love me for for God's sake don't pass me by. I would you were hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. I'll you out of my mouth how many people have got to say today that oh they don't hate him and they don't love him but they just don't need him this is the this is the space age don't you see we don't need him anymore strange isn't it on that road he mentioned that one day before I come oh how secular people are going to be not in open sin but no time for me i'll just be a fifth wheel he's on the cross and he cries out believe me i came and i died for you and we, we pass him by god's dead don't you know this is the scientific age we don't need him and therefore again he's coming back you can rest assured of that because that prophecy that in a thousand on that one he's coming back because he says when he comes back it's going to be like the lightning that flashes and blazes in the sky it's instantaneous it comes just like that and everyone will see it and he says he's coming back to bring punishment because there won't be any time for repentance when he returns it'll all be over when in that lightning flash he's here And he said, I'm coming back. That's why this manger child, who is he? He's the son of man. He absolutely is coming back and he's going to deal with those who play him for a fool. Rest assured of that. No man's going to get away with murder. Men may play him for a fool and say, I can get away with anything. But Jesus said of this babe of himself, he's no less than the son of man. He's coming back, and what greater evidence do you and I need? Ours is a secular age, isn't it, with so many? How many would-be Christians passing by and just think nothing of it because we don't need him? And he said, that's the way it's going to be, and therefore, when we're getting ready for Christmas, we ought to use this Advent season when we know that he's coming back and he's going to even the score and the books are going to be balanced. and No man's going to get away with a thing. No man's going to get away with murder, regardless of the atrocities that men have or who have rejected him. Then we ought to spend some time in this Advent season to talk to somebody else about this Christ that is coming back, that when he comes, it will not be for their punishment. Is there a finer time than the Advent season when you can look in the world in which you live and there's someone who doesn't know Christ, then to speak to him. Now, did you ever see a time in the church here when men's hearts are softened at this Advent season? Did you ever get so much mail in your life? coming from all different places, all charitable organizations, asking for things and for gifts, as in this period before Christ. Why? The the world, again, uh, the goodwill that comes over hearts, and men's hearts become sympathetic and more loving. I've gotten more letters for Christmas seals from places that I never heard in my life, from Europe, from old folks' homes, aged homes, and you have too, and give to this cause and give to that and the blind. This is the time at Christmas. Why? Because even the world capitalizes on the idea that men's hearts become a bit softened is there ever a greater opportunity than for you when the occasion comes to take somebody that you know and to sit down and to speak a good word for Jesus Christ what does it mean to tell him again about this babe of Bethlehem he doesn't know him to introduce him so that when this manger child of bethlehem returns as the son of man that it will not be for punishment and then oh what a christmas it can be that you can tell this individual that again when his heart is softened this christ child he oh he is over anxious to forgive you can say why remember the story that he told one day about the father that had two sons and the younger son he wanted his inheritance and he went away and he spent it in riotous living and you can tell this friend of yours this is the Jesus I know like that father did that father say oh I'm waiting for that son when I see him that I'm going to punish him and you can say oh look at that father when that boy had spent everything and everything was gone and he was on his way home the father was still waiting and he was looking and down the road he saw a decrepit tragic looking object that." probably was his son, dirty and worn and hungry, and you can tell that friend of yours, but here was the father, and when he saw him, he ran, and he saw that it was his son, and he threw his arms around him, and he kissed him, he said, my son, oh, you were dead, but you're alive again, you were lost, and you're found, come on, and the son started to say, oh, father, I'm sorry, he said, come on, we're going to give you a bath, we're going to put a ring on your finger, we're going to put new clothes on,